0: recording hey everybody parsha todos so um todos this is a pretty wild parsha this is uh we're really this is like the the parsha of Yitzchak. last week the did some with Yitzchak, and now really we're Really into some famous stories, which uh, are misunderstood. Sometimes we're gonna look at uh, I think six ideas, which I think could were certainly inspiring for me, and could be inspiring. I think will be inspiring for as well. So we have the famous uh, story that Yitzhak is uh, wants to bless his children. And he asks Esau to go get him his favorite food, and he comes back. And in the meantime, Yaakov, uh, his wife Rivka, kind of gets wind of things and wants to make sure that Yaakov, who's known as, quote-unquote, the good son, and Esau is, quote-unquote, the evil son, and, and Rivka um, thinks that to some degree, it seems that maybe Yitzhak doesn't realize that because he's blind, and it's a very complicated story, and, and, and they're dealing with very high-level people and lots of very uh, um, deep, uh, intricate explanations, but that's the simple story. Rivka helps Yaakov sneak in and, to some degree, fool his father, and then he, he he thinks he's the other son and gets the blessings, and and this this creates, a, a, basically, this sets the stage for a lot of um, modern-day anti-Semitism that there is this hatred between uh, Yaakov, who is the last of the forefathers, and uh, his brother Asav, who then becomes his arch-nemesis. Ne- arch Asav wants to kill him, Yaakov runs away, and Yaakov wants to kill him for the rest of his life, and this is considered uh, uh, the um, original... Um uh root of a lot of the anti-Semitism towards Jewish people uh throughout history. So it says that the midrash says that Asa, when he was going to be serving his father, so he he had he was gonna put on these special clothes. His Begadim al-Khubadim, his special clothes. And the mentor says this to Aesop's credit. He did a lot of horrible things. He, it was a murderer. He was a, a adulterer person. He raped. He stole. He was. He really did pretty really everything on on the X-rated list. But he did have a one part of his personality, maybe others, but one that is famous. And it is that he had. Tremendous, a certain degree of tremendous respect for his parents. May, he certainly didn't have enough respect for them to uh, m- maybe not do some of the things that he did, but to to a very, as much as he possibly could, and he he's, the Talmud quotes, that he, in fact, what he did, he almost, perf- to some degree, perfected this one of the Ten Commandments of honoring one's parents and um it's really really uh again this is one of the beautiful things about the the reality of the world that things aren't black and white um there are there are things that are black and white but a person could have a part of their personality that really 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 is wonderful and a part of their personality that really really is not and uh that's a very good thing for us to think about as far as our self-respect and our respect for others because most people are not. Asa was a pretty bad guy, but he had something about him that was wonderful. And the people that we know, and certainly ourselves, are, are mainly good. And and yes, they're gonna find some pretty rotten things about people, but it doesn't take away from the things about them that are wonderful. And that and the and the Talmud makes it a point, uh, how wonderful to, to really accentuate the good even though there was so much bad. But another point to focus on here is that um, there really was uh, how important honoring one's parents is. Now, not to say there's ever not really extreme situations or something may be uh, very unhealthy, but, um, you know, very little can get in the way of the Tremendous, tremendous um, uh, pedestal that honoring one's one parents is is uh, is required of of a human being, and like all the other six hundred and thirteen commandments of the Torah, it's not something that we should just use our own intuition. Yes, it's intuitive. There are certain things, but but but, uh, but case in point, there are things today that your average uh, child. Even adult child teenage child or even child child will will do or speak to their parents that even 10 years ago certainly 20 30 40 years ago would have been unfathomable and so and and yet people will probably consider themselves as they do honor their parents and that's why like with everything in life it's very helpful to have the torah's guidance because the torah has objective guidance guidance that that is 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 time immemorial, and, and and is this objective truth. Now there are some things in the Torah that 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 like most things actually, they, there's the truth and there's how it applies in each generation. But the root things don't don't change. For just a simple example: there wasn't electricity 500 years ago, but the roots, the ideas of that application and how that applies in modern day life have been there the whole time. But there's some things that just don't change. And uh, this is so central to to being a good person, because the reason why it's hard to honor one's parents is because it makes a person feel really humble. At first makes a person feel beholden because parents, you know, the the older I get and the older my children get, I see more and more of the things that my parents obviously did, because I know I'm doing them for my child and uh, they did them at least to the degree that I'm doing them. Um, and uh, you, you kind of, you know, uh, it gives you a new appreciation that you can't possibly understand, and um, and never quite do understand because you keep getting older and older, and, and and you realize more and more, you know, what your parents, how your parents uh, dealt with, dealt with you, and did things, and and that's very humbling, and, and that's really important for a person to stay humble, and and it's for a person to have the proper, it's the closest thing that we have in this world to an um, appreciation for what God is. Because obviously God is much more for us than our parents do. But our parents uh, do a tremendous amount, and God does the endless amount. And if a person can't honor their parents, it's very hard to, to see a person really truly honoring God who gives us so much more than any human being could possibly give. So that's uh, one uh, really more than one idea from from that idea of what we see from from the way Asa honored he had these special clothes to 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 serve his father with. Then so just kind of flipping to the end of the parsha. So what happens is is after the story, Yitzhak and Rivka are on the same page. They see that. Whatever was supposed to happen, happened, and the reality is that um, Asa wants to kill Yaakov, and he will. He makes it very clear. And they both, they, Yaakov and Rivka want to call over their son, Yaakov, and they say, "Look, you gotta get out of here. We can't protect you from him. He's just gonna kill you." And leave, get married, and they give him advice. So it's interesting, the Chavitz Chaim points out that before Yitzhak and could give him their advice, which was going to be maybe not so easy to keep, and it was going to be some things not to do, some uh, some good advice, but, you know, good advice isn't always easy to hear. The first, the Torah records for us that first they gave him a blessing. They, they, they blessed him. And the Khabbitzheim sees from there that that you see here how if you want to influence someone, you want to have you have to give someone advice, or you need to find a way to influence someone. Often we say, you know, I have to say something. Well, you see the time, you know what? Even when you have to say something, so make sure the person realizes you care first, bless them first, somehow communicate them wherever you waste the time. And that's what they did. They gave Yaakov a blessing first. They showed him how much they cared. And then it was easier for him to hear the uh, the instructions. So let's look at these amazing blessings, famous. What were the actual blessings that Yitzhak gave? These, these, these were like the eternal blessings for the destiny of the world. These and these parashiyos are not just like little nursery ancient or um, stories. They're they they. It's a concept called Maisa Avos Simla bottom. These stories are like the like the blueprint for the rest of history. The microcosm of history. Uh, commentaries talk about this at length. So there's when so Isaac starts the blessings off to Jacob and he says God should give you and then he goes on with the, all these blessings it's interesting that's pointed out by the commentators though when, when God is referred to and with the word elokim that usually is not referring when we're see, we're talking about God expressing himself in a merciful way which is what you would Associate with the blessing. It's usually referred to when God is expressing Himself in a more strict judgment way, in justice way. So when it comes to the blessings to Yaakov, it uses the word Elokim. But then when it talks about the blessings, when Yisus giving over to Esav, it's more in the merciful tone. And 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 Rashi addresses this. Others address this. I saw um an interesting piece from my friend on this a lot everybody talks about this and the point that rashi brings out is that the blessings that yakov Gaya got as wonderful as they were rashi tells us that they were contingent on behavior yakov gives over the promises us the world from god if we do what we're supposed to and that's why it says the words the, the term of God is expression and not of mercy. Because while it is merciful to get what you get no matter what, but to some degree, if it's dependent on behavior, it is somewhat the idea of justice. And Aesop's blessings, on the other hand, were, were really not contingent so much on behavior. They were kind of blessings that were just easier blessings, and they're wonderful. And they're not contingent on behavior. And um, this this is an expression of the close relationship that the Jewish people have with, with God. And it explains a lot of world history. The Jewish people have had, uh, oh, I forgot, who is it? Some famous um, uh, writer, author, it was the best of times and the worst of times. I'm forgetting. But uh, famous book. So someone will have to tell me he listens to this podcast. I'm not remembering. So because the Jews, we ride high and we ride low. We have we make any uh, scary roller coaster look mild when we have our history. We go high, we go low, upside down, inside out. And it's because we are our we have this intense relationship with god where where there's an expectation from us and 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 it's it's designed to do that and it works um and uh it's it's a wonderful thing we're not i'm not sitting here to be callous to any one particular situation where something wasn't good but it is a love story it's a story that we matter to god in a certain way in a very unique way And and there's a famous story uh, with Rabbi Zeb Leff. He's now a famous rabbi in Israel. He used to be a rabbi in Miami. And one time someone shows up at his house, a a young man, I don't know, maybe in his late teens, early 20s, Porsche, looking all these success, you know, American Dream, comes in and he tells um, the rabbi, you know, I like to commit suicide. Seriously, it's like why it's like well you see that car? my dad bought it for me it's like it's wonderful well you see this credit card it's my dad's credit card open credit card it's like wow it's like it's horrible why you see because a few years back you know my my, my parents got divorced and my mom my dad met a new uh, a new uh, a new woman and 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 this particular, um, the way the relationship went, uh, the idea was that they only were going to get married if the dad uh, basically decided that that he would not have nothing else to do with his kids. It just wouldn't work for this relationship. Unfortunately, the dad went ahead with the relationship, but he did love his children to some degree, and he had money. And he said, look, son, um, I'm not disowning you. I'm going to take care of you for life, but it has to be no connection. You just have my credit card. You just keep swiping away and it's going to be paid for. I just can't hear from you. You're not a part of my life. And this young man told up my left, true story, I don't matter. I really don't matter. It doesn't matter all these blessings, but you want to know that you matter. And we we have to know that we really matter. And we have to know to learn this from god and in our relationships you know yes there's certain nice things and certain benefits that we that people need and we should do that and i'm not trying to to undermine those but what i am saying is that we have to at the crux make sure that people realize that we think they matter it's the most important human need that's out there and and we can and we can we can appreciate that when others give us to that. Sometimes we're, we like want, you know, a family member or a friend or a rabbi or a mentor or someone to provide something for us. And we're like, Oh, I wish they did that for us or that for us. But sometimes when you think, you know, one second, they may be giving me the most important thing that I need and all that stuff pales, because a lot of people have those things and they don't have what really matters. And this is a really uncomfortable concept but it's life-changing because there may be someone in your life who you wish they did or something or were someone else to you, but that may be really false. You may not realize that that person, you matter to that person and you know that, and that's worth more than anything else in the world. And if we can appreciate that from others and to give that to others, it just, it's life-changing. Okay, a few more ideas. We're doing on time. Okay. Um, so when Aesov was born, so they were twins, Yaakov and Aesov, and to Rebecca and Isaac, it says that he looked red. Looked red. Now, this whole story later on, he was 15 years old, Abraham dies, Esau goes nuts, he had such a respect for his grandfather, he controlled himself to certain amounts. The day Abraham dies, he d- serves idols, kills someone, rapes someone, cr- crazy day, he's absolutely exhausted, he runs in the house, jumps for some food, and the whole long story there, but at that point, the Torah gives a seemingly benign comment and says and now this is why Esav is called Edom. He is called Red. What what does this mean? Because he looked red. Now he's called Red. So without getting into if (laughs) if there's any colors mean something and and I'm not not focusing on that. But there is a concept that people and the famous Vilna Ghosn brings this out from here that what does it mean he looked red when he was born we're all born and Esau was no exception we're born with natural tendencies and those don't really change they are who we are the question is do we understand ourselves and then channel those energies in a positive direction? Or do we choose to fight our nature or ignore our nature or let it go, not channeled in a good direction, channeled in a bad direction? Asav was someone who had a predisposition. Now it doesn't play with your free will because our free will choices are how we deal with our deck of cards. He was dealt with a deck of cards of red. He was someone who had, the way it works in the zodiacs, he was born, he had a connection with the zodiac of of blood. Someone who has a, some connection with, with being involved with blood. You could be a surgeon. You could be a ritual slaughterer. There are many things that are positive with blood. Unfortunately, there are things that are negative with blood. So when he was born, he looked red. He had this Predisposition. But when he he acted on it in a negative way, that became his. He 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 made decisions. So he was called red. He now, he now, it wasn't because of his his natural position. It was because he made of the bad choices that he made. What do we want to bring out from here? says the Bonagon. He says it's so important. To not change our children and change ourselves, who we are at our core. Of course, we want to refine our character traits and to focus things in good directions and to teach good behavior. But there's a concept says the Graf, the Vilmagone, Hanoch Linar Alpidarko. You got to tr- train. Each child according to his way in the singular, which means every human being has tendencies and we have to learn ourselves. And if we know someone else, help them learn themselves and, so, and then channel and help the, the um, um, person take who they are, not, 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 not change them. People are who they are. And, and, and it doesn't mean you are that you're stuck. You are you're given it the same way someone, let's say, is given a certain physical frame. They're given a certain physical aptitude. Now, yes, a person can work out, but but there's a certain. I, I say myself, I don't think if I worked out from here to a zoo, I would never be Michael Jordan physically. It's not who I am, um, and and the one has things about them. I have to deal with who I am and make myself and and. We, we need to learn this about ourselves. We need to learn this when we deal with other people and not expect them to be different people. Some things maybe can have some, want, want some things to, to be done. You know, certain things can be tried to be, to be tried or to some degree. But for the for the most part, people have tendencies. They just are who they are. And that is a very helpful thing in relationships. <laughs> because so much is we keep wanting people to change and change and change. And very often, they're unrealistic, very unrealistic, and maybe even counterproductive. Two more ideas. We'll, we'll see if it's time for two. At least one. So the Torah, the Torah starts off. You have this story. It says, Yitzhak loves... He, he loved Asaf, and the term that the Torah uses is in a past tense. It's referring to that, you know, he'd been loving Asa. When it talks about Rebecca Rivka's love for Jacob, for Yaakov, it's, it's, a, it's a present love. And the question is, what's the difference? Why the different tenses? And the Dubna Magid, famous Rebbe of the person we just quoted, the, the uh, Ilmagon, says that this was a reflection of the value systems of these two children. Asav represented a value system of what do you do? What do you do? Not who you are or who you wanna be. His value is only something looking back. Well, what are your accomplishments? Yat, yeah, which is very shallow and very as you call it earthy very not not uh transcending trend in a transcendence trend transcendence way um not very elevated judaism professes that what much more important than what do you do is who are you accomplishments sometimes things can happen and it's not up to you and, and and then, and then you know, uh, who, who are you? What kind of person are you? What kind of person are you trying to be? Not what do you do? Oh, you know, it's kind of social. It's like polite. You know, oh, so what do you do? It's kind of like uh, maybe it's kind of like uh, you know, but but all you know, not saying there's anything wrong with that per se. But if we take it to the wrong degree, if a person defines themselves by their job. I mean, a person could define themselves by their job, if it's uh, some. You know, and I'm not saying this. This, but but, person has to be careful. If you know, for example, um, almost every job you can do can be can be used in a very elevated way. So, so if you're, let's say, you're an accountant, and you use your accountancy, for, you spend the many hours a day, and you you're helping people. So you are a person who helps people. That is. How you help them? You help them with their with their finances, but if a person limits themselves, says, "Well, I'm a person who crunches numbers." Well, okay, that's a, that's a that's a safe, important, you know, functional thing to do. But but who are you? Are you a kind, generous person trying to do that? And uh, and this is really with everything we do. We have to think. we we're think we we think about 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 who who the, the we are as people and what, who we're trying to be. And uh, it, it, we value people much more if and value ourselves more if we don't get caught up with these, um, these, I would say, things that, that minimize our, our own value of ourselves and, and others. So I think that's a good place to stop. Let's do a quick review of some of the ideas that we spoke about. We spoke about how Esau, despite his, his shortcomings in many areas, was, in fact, a child par excellence for honoring his parents and grandparents. And we see how, A, so important honoring parents is. It keeps us with a proper level of humility um, as, a, as a healthy person and towards God and towards our parents and towards anybody. And also, we see how a person really can't be. A person can be um, great in one area and not great in another area, and it doesn't take away from the thing that's good. And it doesn't mean we should settle. We should do be good in as many things as we possibly can. But uh, there, there's good in everybody, uh, just about everybody. I mean, there are a few rare exceptions, and I'm sure we don't know those people, maybe like Sama bin Laden or Hitler and people of those their, of their ilk. But no one who we're coming across is. Uh, uh, I'm sh- uh, the, has nothing good about them. The Chavetz Chaim taught us that if we want to influence someone or need to tell someone something, they need to know clearly beforehand how much we care, and then they'll be in a position to uh, to receive our advice and um, things we, that we have to say. We learned from uh, the story for Rabbi Zev left how important it is that we we show that what we do that people matter to us, and we can sometimes a person can receive good and and that's could be valuable. But if people don't think that we matter to them, um, that's not good. And we should appreciate from other people when we realize that they value us, even if they may not give us something. And that's what we learn from the nature of the blessings that that Isaac gave. We learned about the idea from the Vilna Gone of that a person getting in touch with their with their tendencies and, and, and learning them and, and channeling them in the proper direction um, and not to fight it. Uh, certain things you can fight, you know, but there's certain things it's helpful to understand and, and, and God made you that way. And there's really something wonderful that you probably have to offer uniquely you. We learned lastly, that from the way that the love is expressed about yitzhak and rivka towards their children about the different types of value systems which really are polar opposites one is what have you done for me lately in an accomplishment sense and one is who are you and who it's 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 what do you do versus who you are it's what do you want to be or reverse what do you want to do and uh take all the lessons in mind everyone should be healthy and be happy And have a beautiful Shabbos. It's a a happy Rosh Chodesh kiss We are now in the month of Hanukkah. Everyone loves Hanukkah. Three and a half weeks to Hanukkah. Good Shabbos.